what should we title this episode? Just like, look, I know I said kill someone, <laughs> but I didn't mean Starbucks. <laughs> Incorrect. You cannot play God then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. To another week of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-hosts, Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica, Galactica? Episode by episode. <laughs> we changed the name of it, all right? We've lost a star here. And, um, yeah. What a star we've lost. We have. Guys, this is not what I meant when I said kill main characters. <laughs> I was very specific about who should die. Why Starbuck? Um, I'd like to shout There's out so many white guys they could have picked off. I know. Um, I would like to shout out to Steve Supersonic Jeffrey, who made me actually lol with his tweets, um, which was a gif. So it's not really, you know, the best audio <laughs> audio tweet to shout out. But I believe it was along the lines of. Uh, Lisa in season three, episode 15 or 16, depending on who you ask. And um, it's just like, make sure you kill people. And then me, <laughs> the next episode. And it's just like, uh, what is happening gif with um, what's her face from Bridesmaids? Mm. The blonde one. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. <laughs> A bit funnier to just see very quickly on Twitter than to describe. Look. <laughs> I don't apologize. Anyway, it was funny. It made me laugh. I wanted to shout it out because I actually, it's true. That's exactly how I feel. And there were some good. uh, Having some white lady rage. Comforting memes shared as well. Lots of comforting memes. Dogs hugging dogs and so forth. It was touching. Thank you so much to all of you for caring about me in this moment of loss. So you texted me. When you started watching this episode, mm-hmm. I was in Chicago. I just gotten out of the shower and pull up my phone, and Lisa's like, "Oh, this episode starts with this sexy no," and I just my heart sank. I was like, Aww. "No!" So you just kind I, of on that journey with me. I from can't far away. warn you. I had very similar feelings to um, when my sister was young. She's five years younger than me, and. Uh, she it feels like she, she's older though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> she's the one with her shit together, and I'm the frack up. That's not <laughs> what I was saying. She just had. She's just like it. Just feels like that's the dynamic. It's really funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah we have uh, kind of a reverse of the usual sister dynamic. Anyway, once she was younger than me, <laughs> she still probably is. Um, she wasn't allowed to watch Buffy, so I would tape it for her in secret so she could watch it after school when she got home. That's so good. And you're a good older sister. Thanks. Mm. I, I just, I look out for what's important, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but at the, the season five finale, I just recorded it for her, left it for her, didn't say anything. No. <laughs> and she watched it by herself. Okay. That's very mean. But what can you do? What could I do? I'm not going to tell her. And I had very, so I had a flashback to that feeling when I was like, oh, Lisa, 
<laughs> you bought. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's always hard. I used to read faster than my brother and um, we would both buy the new Harry Potter book at like when it, the store opened and then both read it and I'd be done before him. <laughs> so it's just like that annoying sister who's like mm. knew what was happening. But I'm like, I can't, I can't tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to ruin it. Which of course, like I'm not going to ruin it. But yeah. Well, I think um, if you had any karma to earn after putting your brother through that, you're earning it on this podcast. I didn't tell him what happened. He would have killed me. No, I know. But, but I'm saying now you, you're spending four seasons in the dark. I with know. Other people and who you're know kind everything. Of looking for like clues, but like you don't want to, you don't, because I could look it up, obviously, about like, is she really dead? And then the Ronald D. Moore podcast indicates that she is in fact dead. But then I had all these theories about how she could just be back in the show somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so um, we can talk about those later. We certainly can. And I mean, the episode itself is not great. No, except that Katie Zakoff is like, I just I was like the second watch as well. I'm like, this is inappropriate. But like, did they just make her super hot? Like, I don't think she's wearing a bra at like any point. Her boobs are just mm, perfectly. I did notice that You're perfectly right. sitting all the time. I was like, goodness gracious! I was feeling superior because you said before how great her boobs look, and I was like, I don't remember looking at that, but I totally do remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how anybody could not be looking at her. Like just like mm-hmm. that was. No, bad. she looks particularly dreamy in this episode. Yeah, uh, it's unfair of them to do that to us. And yes. the sex scene with the paint. My God, that's hot. And I don't even like Leoben. I know. It kind of doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter. It's just incredibly hot. Mm -hmm. I think that could be her hottest sex scene yet. Yeah, And there's an extended version in the deleted scenes. There's extra sex? Yeah. Although one bit of that is... A sextra scene? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, by the way, we should do a shout out to our hangovers today. Mm. We are both very hungover. And we've got... It's like the middle of the day where usually Kaylee and I are like... The light, let in the light. And today I'm like, keep no. the curtains closed. Dark, like a <laughs> terrible cave of sadness. And it's like, even New York knows what kind of episode we are recording today. Because it's like gray and rainy it is. and gross. It's truthfully terrible out there. So we're <sighs> all together in this. We're all grieving right now. Yeah, it's, and it's just not like, I mean, the Starbucks stuff is pretty much the best and yeah Mm -hmm. i mean as in her being sexy not her whole journey just doesn't do it for me yeah this is a particularly sad journey i I would say yeah it's a sad journey and it's also just like i don't know at some point i'm like i don't care (laughs) about your childhood trauma yeah it's it's not it's a bit of a weak episode until they kill her yeah then it's like what where the frick did this come from um, and then I think I berated you with texts about what could have like she's not, but there's ways that she could have survived that. And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I believe I just sent you an unhelpful shrug. You did. I tweeted it yes. to everybody so they knew what I was working with here. I will never confirm or deny spoilers. You know that um, I'm too superior about it to uh, <laughs> let you in on the knowledge. You're all killing me here, everybody. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Thanks. No thanks. All right. Let's let's officially intro this. Up. What are you drinking, Kaylee? Oh, let's talk about that. I'm drinking Boylan's Cola because my hangover can't take another beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a baby like that. 
But Kaylee's again I'm drinking for two. Through. Yeah. So, but I have uh, I have two drinks today. I have a ginger beer, which I got in case I didn't feel like drinking the beer beer. So it's Captain Eli's ginger beer. Great. Eli made the rank of captain as well. Congrats, Eli. Congratulations, I hope Eli. your mom was more supportive. Yes. Uh, and I also have Steamworks Black Angel IPA, which seemed uh, kind of fitting. It is. And this, I believe, is brewed in Vancouver. Nice. Columbia. It's had a little Jenny. Yeah. This is a very steampunky looking can. Very Starbuck. Yeah, kind of. So there's a there's a little angel on here with like goggles, you know. Yeah, looks like Starbuck, just like that. That's how she looks in Helven, Hel, Helven, Helven. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know where she is, or the Cylon ship. Who knows? Could be. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so. We are tragically talking today about season three, episode 17, Maelstrom. Yes. Which was written by the dynamic duo Bradley Thompson and David Weddle, who only seem to write together. They have 11 episodes and counting under their names. Um, And this was directed by Michael Nankin, who also has a handful of episodes in the first few seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, This whole team has worked on a couple episodes before one of them being Scar, which has similar vibes. Like, yeah, I think so. Starbucks chasing a uh, yeah, yeah. I think that Ronald D. Moore was saying that they had like a Starbucks heavy episode each. Actually, his podcast is hilarious. And this he's like, we should just fucking kill her. <laughs> That's actually his words in the podcast. Did you listen to it? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It was just like, <laughs> just fucking kill her. Great. So it was a very Whedon-y sort of move. Oh, but they're friends, right? Or they like each other. They, I think they like each other's work. I can't. I don't know if they're. I, I feel friends. like Ronald D. Moore is a nicer person than Joss Whedon. Mm, Joss is like or a, less of a pretend feminist. Yeah, maybe. Joss is, seems like a bit of a sleazy creep. It's disappointing, but true. It's seeming more and more that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ronald D. Moore seems like a pretty. Um, I've never heard anything spoken against him. I met people who met him and said he was very nice. Lovely. Um, they did the podcast with their cats and they were drinking Jura whiskey, um, except for Mrs. Ron was drinking Lille with double ice. I feel like we should say what they drank as well. If we're doing the podcast. Cool. Um, we're drinking what they drank, what we drank last night. Everything. <laughs> All the things. I had a Barossa Valley wine last night. I had a few Cesarex. Well, amazing. Is it alcohol grand? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Beat by beat, shall First we? Scene. So um, I'm going to interrupt you with the deleted scenes because there are like four of them. Oh, yeah. And I'm curious about ones that were filmed versus I feel like some of them were. You know, Ronald D. Moore discussed some that sounded like maybe they didn't even make it into the final script. Mm. So let's hear. Okay. The first scene is actually there's an extended scene of that. The first painty sex scene. Yep. And it's like uh, more establishing shots as well. Like it's just mm. a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, I think of the dream scene, the way that it is in the show, there's no dialogue. Whereas in the um, extended one, Lee Urban's talking to her. Oh yeah. No, we only hear her breathing heavily. Oh goodness. <laughs> just put that on a track. Right. So she's uh, in her old apartment on uh, New Caprica throwing white paint over the mandala that we previously saw was there 
Um, you know how someone can tell how you can tell someone is an artist is they have a ton of like candles in bottles. Oh yes, that's in very their artsy. Home. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the that's the mark of a true artist. It is mm-hmm. and mess. All artists are messy. All artists are messy. All of the them. creative process. Yes, uh, can't My, tolerate neatness. A guy that I dated once uh, actually told me that he was surprised at how neat my house was because I was a very I was a very smart person I'm like how are they correlated it's like smart people are messy I'm like no (laughs) what some are like some some people are are not some people aren't some dumb people are messy and some dumb people are not like it was a weird comment (sighs) shout out to you Andrew continue uh I did enjoy um Mrs. Ron's comment about uh, Starbuck oh my writhing God, so around good. in her bed while she's having this sexy dream. And she's like, men think that women writhe like this. Women don't writhe. I know she's so good <laughs> calling that out. I had that in my notes like, as well. Yeah, no, we, I don't think any of us actually look sexy when we're having a sexy dream. Like you're asleep, you're drooling. You- <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've had some physicality in sexy dreams before, although I don't know if i was writhing i don't I think had you're no like external witness dewy faced and like uh <laughs> with hot dog just creepily watching that is so weird and also his like little brother cluelessness is very strange he's like what's up like <laughs> you know what's up she's having a weird sexy time over there you can recognize the signs <laughs> of that surely you have you an have std an, not to say you have an std <laughs> don't pretend that you don't know what that is <laughs> Um, but he plays it really like, I have no idea what's happening right now. It's bizarre. Just go away. Yeah. Or if you want to creep, like, just be creepy and don't let just her know that you're creepy. watching. Don't but also creepy. don't be creepy. Um, in the deleted scene, um, he is saying, Leo been saying things like, it's no use, Starbuck. You can't erase your destiny. You can't fight it. And then he makes her say, I love you, like he does before. Um, and so he, yeah. So it's like, it, it kind of changes the tone of the scene. I think I like it better without the dialogue. Yeah. And it seems like the Leoben within this episode is not, like they kind of make a point later to say like, it's oh, not you're him. not Leoben. Yeah. So if he's saying like, Leoben stuff that yeah. would make it that would blur that line a yeah for more. sure I think it's good that they took it out there's also um, I don't think that this happens and then it's kind of funny because I think in the actual thing does he get up so like in the deleted scene he sits up and rips off his shirt mm. and I don't think he does that in the other one but then I realize that what happens is he all of a sudden isn't wearing a shirt and they're on yeah the floor. which it's a dream so that's you, fine you know, whatever but like it's just it was a funny moment he sits up and he like rips off his shirt and like oh, says dramatic. the thing and yeah it is a very hot scene though. it's funny because I never found Leoben attractive but then no there's just something about there's together. a good uh, they've got a good chemistry sex scene with paint and better than chocolate do you ever see that lesbian movie no it's so bad lesbian movies are so bad okay but uh, should i watch it for the sexy scene with the paint yes okay absolutely great Re- recommended uh so starbuck uh, presumably because hot dog was creeping on her uh, gets up and goes to the bathroom yeah. um hilo is also up uh they have a little conversation about 
weather up so early. Uh, Hira, I guess, is like... She can't even talk. She can't even... Why is she going to therapy? It's in my notes. I'm like, why? She can't speak. How do you therapize a child that young? Fair. I mean, she might be saying words now, but... I don't know how that works. No, I was very confused. Um, but I there are very young children. She's probably like what two? No, I don't know. I have no, no idea what our timeline is. I'm pretty sure she she's... the age of the child playing her looks too. Yeah, at does least. she? I would say so. I don't know. She toddle. She toddle around. Did she toddle? She she toddle. Okay. Um, I have genuinely no concept of how long it's been since that birth happened. It feels like not long enough for therapy is all I'm saying. I'm not against here having therapy. It's probably a good idea. But what I am therapy is that therapy is a bit of a like waste of time if your patient can't talk. Yeah, I'm I'm curious now. Or understand concept. Like you can't understand stuff at that age. Maybe it's just more of like observing her behavior and recommending things that would be comforting for her. Maybe. And that kind of stuff. But I feel like you need, like they have therapy for kids, but I feel like you need like a really highly specialized therapist to deal with children. And what are the odds that of the 40,000 people remaining? 41,400 <laughs> survivors in space, you mean? Of those particular survivors one is a highly trained child trauma specialist yeah no one died nobody Last died so i feel like this is one of the gone. this is the first time i think I, until I've now been on the show that now the number hasn't died. gone up or down yeah maybe like once before uh so starbuck is like well tell me about trauma uh i dream about that mandala that you showed me and about leoban every night and feel like i'm losing my mind mm. um so hilo recommends the psychiatrist which she shoots down immediately and he's like eh, you're weird maybe an oracle would be better for you <laughs> which you texted me you're like i love that she'll go see an oracle but, but this is a psychiatrist, not a psychiatrist. Yeah. she's like oh that seems like the more saner thing to do yeah um sure. So they were supposed to get the other Oracle back, which I think would have been way better. Amanda Plummer. Because yeah. it feels like there's too many Oracles for such a small amount of people. Fair. Although if you're basing Caprica on America, then the number's probably correct. Because you guys have a lot of mystics here. Somebody, people have come up to me in stores before and been like, something, something about your aura. I'm a psychic. Do people ever do that to you? Never. Like when I, I don't know People why. come up to me and ask me about like haircuts or if i want to help save animals or stuff but, oh yeah that stuff too yeah. but like it, this is more just like on a day-to-day -day. like i was looking for clothes and at the store and someone's like i hope you don't mind me saying this but i'm a psychic and i have something about something and i'm like would you like me to talk to you about whatever i'm like no i do mm. not you are not getting the you are mistaken i think my aura when mistaken. i'm in Please. public usually says do not fucking talk to me. Usually for me as well. <laughs> and this is the thing as I was very surprised because I'm always surprised when people talk to me in public because I have bitch vibes for sure. Right. Um, I've worked years to perfect my bitch vibes in public. Mm -hmm. Although I do get disarmed very easily by babies. <laughs> That's where they get me. So if a baby psychic approaches you, you're I'm screwed. I'm done. I will eat that shit up. I, um, I just talk to babies like me because I have big features, I think. <laughs> No, because I've got like a really big nose and chin and eyes and they're like, oh, there's so many things on that face to look at. <laughs> and they just get really engaged and smile at me. It happens all the time. <sighs> I have big features too. 
I don't Do feel babies like. smile at you? No. I don't know. You think you're warm when you look at babies and that's Maybe. what they're reacting they're to. They're like, oh, this chick wants these. Yes. I keep dreaming I'm pregnant. Oh, goodness. All the time. I think it's because my best friend is pregnant, but I don't know. It's the first time in my life that it's happened. And the first dream was a week before she told me she was pregnant. Weird. Super weird. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a thing. I only had one dream ever where I was pregnant. Could it you was pretty feel traumatic, the baby honestly. in your stomach? Because I can. No, it was a weirder. It was a more nonsensical dream. To our um, female identifying listeners. Please let us know if you've ever dreamed of being pregnant. I think some or of our listeners have. Or identify if you dream of wow, being pregnant. I yeah. really want to hear about that. But I any if, listener, any listener, you're right. That would be even weirder. Right? Would be fascinating. It would be. Um. Anyway, so they couldn't afford uh, within the schedule, and I think financially to have Amanda Plummer back. So we have a different oracle. I don't like her. She's fine. She, I, I don't mind the choices that she makes, but um, I don't know. It's all kind of weird. I feel like she, her hair and the way she's dressed, it looks very much like she's like dressed to be a Greek character in a high school play. <laughs> That's what it's she. A very specific me look. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Starbuck, it, she, she goes to Dogsville and pops into this little tented off area that this oracle has created, um, and starts. Uh, fondling this little statue and uh, the oracle tells her to keep it she'll mm-hmm. know what to do with it when the time comes um, it's a weird little room there's like a doll in a glass box and more can there's a lot of candles in space yes like for a spaceship they have a fuck ton of candles mm-hmm. it's true is that another thing that there's just an unlimited supply of I feel like candles burn pretty fast they also probably aren't the best thing to have on a spaceship Probably not. Like, I feel like they take oxygen out of a room. And, like, what happens when the ship goes, like, and then the... They just all fall over. And then, yeah. No, it's very And then you have a fire. Yeah. (laughs) There's just drapery everywhere and candles in there. It's wild. Uh, I guess you can't tell the future without candles. It's true. It's a big part of being an oracle Mm -hmm. and an artist. For sure. Yes. It's just one of those two professions. Yeah. Yeah. But oracles don't have them in wine bottles. No. That's the difference. That's the difference. Yes. They're just free flowing everywhere. <laughs> On the floor, getting wax everywhere. My goodness. Crazy. Uh, so the oracle kind of repeats the thing that Leoben said to Starbuck a while back, word for word. And they throw that in our face. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I don't hate that they necessarily show, but it's like they do it a bit too much. I feel like they could have done that better. Because they're, like, interweaving him and her faces. Right. And I like the way they overlapped their voices. Um, yeah, I like that. But I feel like it was too much, like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it was boom. kind of... It, I don't think it was an effect that had a lot, that added a lot. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. It certainly proves that this oracle knows a lot. Like, she just knows everything. I don't know. It's not explained. And I was like, it would have been funny if it was. I feel like like everybody knows everything about Starbuck inexplicably. Like the Cylons Mm -hmm. know everything about Starbuck. This Oracle knows everything about Starbuck. I feel like what would have been funny if it was Leoben dressed as a woman. That would have. Because then it was just Leoben the whole time. That would have been a different choice. I just. That's what I was like. Perhaps a slightly more comical approach. Because why does it have to be comical? I meant like properly. 
like properly just like but you subtly. would still recognize would you? the I actor i just watched cloud atlas the other day sometimes i couldn't work out how who people were i'm not saying it's comical whenever a man dresses as no, a woman I but i think that we've seen leoven <laughs> enough times that he was like hello it's me the oracle it would be pretty freaking funny i thought it would be great because <laughs> I, I was like oh she can't be a cylon that's too easy <laughs> But then what if she was just Leoven dressed as a woman? That would be funny. He's just like hiding out there because no one expected that. No, I'm not Leoven. <laughs> I have a scarf over my head. I'm a woman, Look obviously. at all my candles. <laughs> I don't know where my brain's oh, going. Oh, dear. Episode. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We warned you. Mm. Um, she's kind of like the Oracle has tears coming down her face, but she's not like crying. She's not like... She just is And tearing. onto her lip, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't, I want to reach up and grab it and I can't touch it. <laughs> That's what she said? I don't know. <laughs> uh, they get into Starbucks mommy issues. Um, she says something about like, you confused the messenger with the message and it just... Her mom sounds like Sarah Connor, by the way. What a twist that would be. Like, like you're Terminator? special. Yeah. Yeah, but like really horrible and abusive. And yeah, I mean, shitty. I don't think Sarah Connor, I mean, she wasn't abusive, but she certainly like raised her kid tough and then got put in. You've seen all the Terminator movies, right? Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, you can raise I've your kid tough all. without physically and emotionally abusing them. That's true. I don't think that Sarah Connor physically abused john connor i do think that she just told him his whole life that he was like special and important Mm. and then also trained him to be military capable yeah those are all great choices when you leave out the slamming of fingers and doors yes yeah that's a lot cool so her mom's like a mix between a stage mom and sarah connor (laughs) doesn't she seem like a stage mom Like... like super aggressive about starbuck being successful and then like you should be the top because you're the best. Like, have you seen, you've seen stage moms in the world. Oh, I've seen so many of them, but I feel like my experience yes, more they often don't jam with, their kids with fingers indoors. well, also that, yeah, the abuse, I think we can leave out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience with stage moms is more that they think their child is the most special thing in the world and they will come for anyone who doesn't agree with them. So it's, it's sometimes less about like you child, you need to be better and more like you director, you need to recognize that my child is amazing and give her more lines and yeah. give her the solo. Yeah. That's, that's where it's stage mom could get really terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, stage moms are very terrifying. <laughs> I hope I never am one. I don't my think mom was a good be. stage mom. Yeah. My parents are pretty good. They were, yeah. I think my parents were, like, very critical in a good way. They are very good at constructive feedback. Like, they were like, you're very good. Here are how you can improve. Also, these people suck. Cool. But then they would give credit where credit was due. All right. Yeah, I think they were pretty good. Nice. They did, they did all right. Good job, parents. Yeah, thanks, guys. You did all right. I feel like there's a lot in this episode that's, like, I don't know, trying to sort of justify Starbucks mom's behavior and like, oh, she was trying to teach you something. And it's like, there's just... No, it's not okay. There's no Do you know what's not okay? Jamming any child's fingers in a door because they play a prank on you. They are literally forming their brain and learning what's right and wrong. Hitting them over the head with a broomstick or any of the other torment. These things are not okay, even if 
you think they're for the right reasons. They're just blanket, not okay. All right. So we agree. It doesn't matter what her intentions were. No. No, she deserved to die alone is what I'm going to say. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Frick. Yeah. And what's this whole fucking journey? Oh, what? She's going to forgive. No, fuck that. You need to forgive her. Fuck this. Anyway, I don't yeah, like I, I don't, don't like the story. I don't like the the storyline here much at all. Um but she the the Oracle warns Starbucks, "Oh, you can't you can't stop Leo when he's coming for you." And uh Starbucks like very much out of the room and she's still talking. She's like, "He will he will show you the way." Like she's weirdly invested in this somehow mm-hmm. enough to be talking Leo about Oban it to herself. That's what I'm saying. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> we are available to uh, be in your writers' rooms. Yeah, uh, I am obviously excellent at it. Mm-hmm. That would be my big twist. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a scene with um, Sam and Starbuck. He wants her to like take some leave and come with him and go fuck around. It's so funny because when you watch this the second time around, you can see how there was there are so many goodbyes in this that are like very mm-hmm. subtle. Yeah, like it's like a lot of things are closing out in like an interesting way. Yeah, they kind of wanted to set up her moment with every character. Mm. I feel like before they sent killed her, her? Off. yes, fucking killed her as Adi Moore said. Um, but Sam still is like he's been doing this a lot in scenes with her where he's like. Hey, let's talk a lot about your backstory right now. Mm-hmm. I'm here to f- to further this plot for you, which is nice that they're not only doing that with characters like Dee and um, Kaylee and Callie. Callie. <laughs> which like, one are you again? <sighs> um, yes, and I think that Mrs. Ron and Ronald D. Moore had a big conversation about this, and that a lot of the fandom would complain when male characters were used like this because they weren't strong enough. And Ronald D's Moore's like, well, I mean, I love that Mrs. Ron came in because this is one thing that like always drives me insane about sci-fi. She's like, it's a fictional universe. The rules are fictional. It is an imagined world where women could theoretically be more powerful than men. Like this is the thing about sci-fi is that like, it's a fictional world. And also, I don't think on this show that we see women dominating every scene in every episode. No. In fact, the last few episodes, we, we have, have spent quite a lot. a lot of time talking about the underrepresentation of the female characters mm-hmm. and these fracking men who keep getting a second and third yeah. and fourth and fifth chances. Um, and not being killed in a plane crash, which, let's be real, should have been Tyrrell. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, anyway, I think that it's interesting. It's that saying, like, when you're used to power, like, loss of, loss of that makes, it feels like, um, uh, it feels like, what's the word I'm looking for? Discrimination. I don't know. I'm hungover. I say vaguely no. You, you know mean. what I'm talking about? It's yeah. like, because it's like the status quo is one way. It's like, because they slightly alter the status quo of what we're used to in this world, um, it's, it seems like when really I would say on this show there are just a few strong female characters, and that was apparently enough in like well, two thousand and seven the... to incur the wrath of the internet. Let's be real; it's enough now. True. Don't don't go making this about two thousand and seven. I mean, I do think we've we've come. 
we've come some kind of way in the last 10 plus years. I'm um, sure that if you went onto message boards for any sci-fi show that shows strong female characters, there are going to be complaints. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I just think over. that in terms of, of writing and in terms of the characters that we see represented on TV now, like the, the shows are getting better. The female characters are getting better and more yeah. interesting and more complex. Which is great. All I started watching stuff. The Good Fight this week. I know you know that, but I'm telling our listeners because it's like truly one of the best shows that I've seen in a long time. Nice. And they're in season three right now. Um, it's very good. It's very, very good. Great diversity and representation as well. And they're very good at actually, um, it's obviously like liberal leaning show, but they are very good at illustrating different perspectives on a lot of the issues that are happening right now. So I re- always really love that. It's nice. like not like black and white, like we're right. It's like, here are the nuances of the other side and like, blah, blah, blah. anyway, watch it. It's great. Or if you watch it, tell me about it, except not past season three, episode two, <laughs> because I don't know what happens, but, but tell me about how you love it also. Anyway. Hooray. Back to BSG. Yeah, let's just skip right right on to Starbuck and Hot Dog uh, patrolling while they're, do- they're refueling or something. That's why they're at this planet. Uh, Hot Dog does this thing where he flies upside down to look at the clouds on the planet. It's so nice. It's so nice and also seemed a little weird about like, I don't, I've never been in space, but space it seems science. like... They show it and it's like dark with stars and then they flip the thing. You and it's flip the plane clouds. over and it's suddenly like bright sun and clouds. And I don't think that's how space works, but I'm not sure. We don't know. Luckily, we're not scientists. Luckily, we can just enjoy the aesthetic of that. Uh, and Starbucks sees what appears to be a heavy raider that's not showing up on Dratus. She goes, one turkey, no sparrows, <laughs> which is a funny way to describe it i think and then ty translates that for us just in case we can't figure out what it means mm-hmm. um one heavy raider with no whatever backup um and you know they adama's in the cic taking everything very seriously they're like cut the fuel lines prep for emergency jump um and starbucks chasing after the raider that no one else can see and then sees that mandala again mm-hmm. in the it's really beautiful on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ronald D. Moore thought that the special effects team did a great job on yes, this episode. Yes, he did, and they hadn't even—they didn't even have the finished version. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also threatened to burn down the academy if they didn't win an Emmy for this <laughs> season, <laughs> and I'm not sure if they did. I meant to look it up. Um, that's yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny just thrown out he's like oh i'm just joking kind of but not really yeah mm. i don't i'm used to my favorite shows not getting um recognized until like 20 years especially after. because i like sci-fi and weird genres mm-hmm. but anyway uh so starbuck takes a hit but she's still able to fly and if she gets too close to the surface of the planet the pressure will be too strong it'll crush her like a can and Starbuck looks over and she it's kind of like sees her mom. She keeps hallucinating. Yeah, she's crazy this episode like Adama was crazy that time. Mm. There are a few extra scenes. I'm just going to talk about them here because I don't really know where to put them. Sure. But there were like a bunch of extra scenes of Starbuck like wigging out. Um, 
to be different people. So one was like, she freaked out at chief about her ship, like a little later on. Um, there's one where like, she's wigging out again. And then, um, there's also a scene with hot dog where she's like shooting at a gun range because of course they have so many spare bullets in space that they can just shoot target practice all the fucking time, which she does and shoots like a million bullets and like sees Lee Urban's face and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so like, there's like three more scenes of her freaking out, which I think would have been a way too much. Yeah, no, it seems like they, they put in the right amount of freakouts mm. for one episode. Um, Apollo is shouting orders at her and she's not responding. Uh, and finally she kind of comes to and like pulls up in time before she gets crushed. And then back on like the hangar deck, uh, there's no hits on the Viper. Mm, weird. Uh, woo, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also no radar on her, the recording like from her yeah, yeah. Camera She's like, no, Viper. but I know what I saw. She's like, yeah, like, play it again. And there's a room full of them all debating um, whether uh, she actually saw anything or if she's just lost it finally. Yes. Uh, that scene uh, where they're showing like the footage is the first, I th- the first time I noticed at least in this episode of many, many shots where Starbuck is fully backlit. So sh- this whole episode, it looks like like with her blonde hair, yeah. there's just this like halo around her head. They made a lot of really specific lighting choices for this episode because she stands up and gets right in the light of the projectors. So she's yeah. like, "That's interesting. Maybe That's great a, work, team. A black angel, you might say. I love that you picked up your beard to show me, as just if to make sure our listeners can see me. That's we we've spoken about this. They can." So Adama and Apollo have a little convo about whether Starbuck is um, fit to fly. Basically, she, I guess, has gone to see Coddle, who says she is like physically fit, but an emotional basket case. I mean, um, that's always been true, though. So That's always been true. It's and also, Apollo makes a good point. He's like, in peacetime, he would ground all of us. Mm. Like, none of us are fit to fly. Yeah. We just have to, or we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Um and he also is like, I think the only thing holding her together is yeah, her identity as this like hotshot pilot. Yeah. And if we take away her identity, what is left and what's gonna happen to her? Yeah. Which is like I, I agree th- with all of these things. Yeah. But then when he sits with her and she's like, um, I don't trust myself, I'm like, uh, but listen to her also because that's like a really telling mm. telling thing, I think. Yeah. You could you could definitely On look the at second it that watch, way. That she's I was kind like, of like she really told him reaching out for help and yep. he's like, No, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, like but I do like that he he's right about the identity. I think that's nice. Yeah, I like and he, it I think it shows that he knows her well enough to consider this where uh, someone else might just be like she's unfit to fly and mm. he's like i don't know what's better for her not necessarily even what's better for the fleet but mm-hmm. what is it better for her to let her keep flying yeah um but they yeah they have this conversation in the the hallway where they have all the pictures up um and starbuck wants to be next to cat uh, yeah that's really nice um so mrs ron talks about the um uh, Sarah and her fiance, who regularly posted on the sci-fi board and um, she wanted to dedicate the episode to them and they're going to put their photos up on the board in the next yeah, season. Yeah, because they passed away, I guess, recently. Which is so beautiful. It is really nice that um, it was really incredible to me to know how invested, like she didn't even work on the show. I know mm. she's like obviously very 
much involved in the process Mm. um but that they were both like regularly present Mm. on message boards yeah and regularly like in touch with the fans and knowing who they are it's like it's really beautiful it's really lovely especially like that please yeah Mm. um i think fandoms are larger and more scattered these days Mm. and probably it would be harder for show creators to be super in touch with like a dedicated fan base than it was back then but Um, it's really nice very sweet it's so it's so sweet um also unrelated uh but i feel like we were talking in a previous episode about whether they had horses oh yeah doing that there's a horse in one of the pictures oh really Mm -hmm. okay so they do have horses on at least one of the 12 colonies okay there were horses great um yeah apollo says that he trusts starbuck um and while he is telling her that, like, oh, I trust you and da-da-da, she's, like, busy zoning out because the mandala has appeared again in the mm-hmm. wax on the floor from the candles that are just casually sitting out in the hallway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> candles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wax everywhere. My yep. goodness. Who's running this boat? Yep. Um, so there was also a scene that Randy Moore talked about that I think never was filmed where Adama's last scene with Starbuck was oh, going yeah, to be him fight. like berating her for saying something about him and, him and Rosalind. Rosalind. Mm. Yeah. And I'm really glad that they didn't decide to go with that, especially because I feel like they've done a lot of these Starbuck things before and i think that one of the last times when starbuck was in danger and they were having to rescue her the last thing adama had said was mean to her Mm. so like we've seen all that already um i thought they had this really it was a really touching little Mm -hmm. last scene uh and also another one where they went very far out of their way to do something interesting with the lighting here Mm -hmm. where they're they're actually fixing the lighting in the background and starbuck walks by rosalind and adama and the second Adama calls her name and she turns around the lights behind her go out oh wow um, and then there's just like one fluorescent that's like bright so it's backlighting her again wow they, they set up this, this whole thing just yeah. for that shot yeah um and they do the like what do you hear nothing but the rain yeah yeah it's very cute it is which is the first um I think the first conversation they ever have in the miniseries yeah in the hallway uh, so it's very full circle. She gives him the uh, little Athena, uh, not Athena. What Aurora. is the Aurora uh, little thing? That's she also says, the name. Of says it would be beauty. a good. Uh, it is. Mm. Yeah. Um, would be a good figurehead for his model ship, which is very sweet. Um, it's a nice little moment, mm-hmm. and then she goes back to check out her viper and sees little baby bloody Kara in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be really weird to hallucinate to that level. That must be really scary. Can confirm. Yeah. I hallucinate to that level. Um, when I am in a, um, like if it's nighttime and I've just like, sometimes I'll wake up at night and I'll see people in my room. Ooh, that's very creepy. It's super creepy. Uh, it's incredibly like you, it takes some time to like, I'm, I think I'm pretty good now at like knowing that it's not real, but it's like, it's, it takes a long time to get to a point where you can be very calm about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine. Yes. So I get those 
it's yeah. wild and when I'm sick as well if I'm sick and in like a bit of a like fever state but it's weird like um audio hallucinations are actually surprisingly uh common mm. um but visual hallucinations are not particularly common um outside of like medical issues I think it's just because my mom took heaps of drugs when she was pregnant with me interesting yeah it was the 80s she was 17 she didn't know she was pregnant so yeah. she was just living her best life I'm sure I was conceived on a bunch of drugs at least probs mm-hmm. yeah so there's a lot of that um but yeah it's super super trippy but in the daytime I think yeah that would be particularly like yeah, which is like, like at night you can at tons least tons of people around yeah. and you're just having to not freak out mm-hmm. in the middle of all these people. Um, but she has more flashbacks about the abuse and then also all of the times she's encountered this mandala and there's like a little finger paint that she would have done when she was very young. And I don't know. Maybe it all means something. Maybe. Uh, and she ends up just sitting under the viper and not moving. And again, she's backlit in this scene under the viper. Um, and uh, Apollo goes and sits with her. So this is extended as well. Is it? Okay. In, as a deleted scene. It's just extra conversation. Nothing really notable. Not just really. Longer. It's just longer. Yeah. There's one little line in here where I feel like you can tell that Jamie Bamber is British and I... I am always listening for him to slip up. He says, so trust me. And I think you were talking about uh, it's the O sound where people can hear your accent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think he says the words that he's like, so trust me. Like, no, nope, <laughs> no, I heard that. Yeah, it's always the O's. That's when people can tell if someone's trying to guess my accent. Mm-hmm. I always purposefully leave out. Sounds, oh, that's really tricky. So, uh, <laughs> like, I won't say like no or so or do or whatever, whatever. I just won't say it because people can always tell. So, it's really just be funny. like, not sure or like, you know, nope. <laughs> nope is better. Nope has an O sound though. Yeah, but it's not as long. Mm. If I say no, it's like really prevalent. Where mm. if it's like nope or num, nope. Interesting. So I um I made. A friend in Chicago who's also from Australia. Of course. Uh, I think she's from... Where are you from? Melbourne? Are you from Melbourne? I think she's from Melbourne. We don't say the R. Well, actually, I'm from Adelaide. My Adelaidean friends would kill me if I ever stopped being from there. But I don't know. I lived half my life. I lived my whole adult life not in Adelaide. I just lived my childhood in Adelaide. I am proudly Adelaidean, but like also I would never live there. That's just a fun thing to say. I'm Adelaidean. Adelaidean? Yeah. Melbourneian? Mm-hmm. Sydney cider? I think so. What do you say? I don't know what we'd say for Brisbane. Brisbaneian? Maybe. I feel like there is a word that is used. Um, it's fun. Adelaide is um, a lovely place that I'll never live in again. Okay. But um, it's just small, very small town mentality, but... Anyway, um, um, yeah. my, my new friend who is a Battlestar fan. Um, so you're replacing me. I get it. So. <laughs> you're like, I'm going I'm to Chicago. I'm just expanding and... our community. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, anyway, told a story about um, being in a bar in Australia mm-hmm. and looked over at uh, this couple sitting next to her and the man looked really familiar and she couldn't place it. Um, it was a British man. And she's like, why does this face look so familiar? And then like 20 minutes after he left the bar, she was like, frackin' Apollo. Oh, my God. <laughs> because she was like, I feel like I know his face, but I don't 
like the accent seems like I don't recognize it uh, because he's speaking in his yeah, British accent course. so she didn't recognize him. That's hilarious. Anyway, shout out to Wendy who made my time in Chicago much more enjoyable. So all I'm hearing is replacement so Australian. So jealous. Friends. Yep. Can there not be two? No. You introduced me to your Australian friends. There could only friends. be one. I did. <laughs> I did, but I didn't want to be replaced. Um. You'll yeah. never be replaced. Thank you. There's no one like you. Thank you. I mean, I would say the same about you, but I've replaced one co-host already. Wow. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I actually. What's um, given can be taken away. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a joke. Melia and Tom, you're still in my heart. So I miss you. <sighs> it's not a replace. It's just, you know, phases of life. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, I've got really big capital letters here, which is like when you watch it the first time, it's like, oh, that's really nice. And the second time you're like, listen to what she's saying. She doesn't trust herself. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a cry for help. Mm. Um, And yeah, she's like, I guess we're kind of back where we started. Like you're the CAG and I'm your hotshot problem pilot. And uh, I guess that's all we'll ever be because she's just asked about D and of well, says they're doing really well. Looks like it. which I've never watched the original Battlestar Galactica series, but it sounds like that was a plot point. Like, like Apollo and Starbuck were still, you know, not in love because they were two men and it was the seventies or whatever. Um, But one of them was like a straight shooting Mm -hmm. keg and the other was the hotshot. And so they wanted to go back to those, those roots for those characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Apollo agrees to fly Starbucks number two, which is kind of sweet. Probably not the right call. Probably should have grounded her. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect, but um, they fly together, and she sees the raider, w- which disappears behind a cloud as soon as Apollo turns his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing on Dratus again, but um, Adama sets condition one throughout the ship anyway, uh, and Starbuck goes chasing the raider. Uh, won't answer when Apollo's calling after her. Uh, she's disappeared off Dratus and her window smashes and she, I guess, passes out yep. and then wakes up and there's this moment where like the, oh no, your plane is broken. <laughs> Alarm yeah, yeah. becomes the like clock radio. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a little like, good morning, Delphi. Yeah. <laughs> announcement. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Leo Ben kind of wakes her up and she's in a little black cami and shorts and looks very cute. She does. Mm-hmm. She, yes. Yeah. And uh, she ends up putting clothes on, I guess, whatever. Uh, it's upsetting. <laughs> uh, she's like, I'm not here. Like, you must have captured me and I'm drugged and I'm on a Cylon ship. And that looks exactly like my, my apartment because you did that last time. Yeah, no, and now it's like now that we're revisiting it, you really can see yep. that it was the same space. Uh, and apparently that was Ronald D. Moore's one of his favorite sets, hmm. and it was a cheap set too, but it was just like one of his favorites. Nice. And I wrote down the poem on the wall. Oh yeah, I pulled it up on my phone. I I wrote it by. Do hand. you want to read it since you have it written? Fine. methodically smoking my cigarette every breath i breathe out the day with every delicious sip i drink away the night stroking my hair to the beat of his heart watching a boy turn into a man 
What an artist. Such an artist. So deep. Starbuck, so deep. I wonder who wrote that. I am curious. Writers? Probably. Or I don't Katie think it's Sackhoff. anything they pulled from. It feels like something that an angsty teen would write. Mm-hmm. Which pretty much is what Starbuck is. Yeah, I don't think she's ever emotionally matured past that. Mm. So, R.I.P. Yeah. I feel bad talking of the dead. Well, maybe dead. Who knows? <laughs> Just being like. Oh, wait, they're fictional. I know, I always do this. I'm like, <laughs> we shouldn't be so mean. And you're like, this isn't made up world. Be it's mean. a made up world with fake people. Yeah, I know. Katie Sackhoff is fine. real. She I know, has... she was in Chicago. Did you find her on the street? I did not. Oh. I, nor did I spend $70 on a ticket to a Star Wars convention. You should have, um, you should have just messaged her on Twitter. Yes, I'm sure she would have responded immediately. Maybe. You never know. You don't <laughs> get what you don't ask for. I, what am I going to say? Hey, Katie, I have a podcast about Battlestar Galactica and I'm in Chicago. Let's have a coffee. Sure. Also, I love you. I don't want to DM Katie Sackhoff and be like, you don't know me. Let's have coffee. I do That's that not a real thing. Time. To celebrities? No. Well, there you go. I'm too cool to care about celebrities. Mm, well, I guess so am I. <laughs> We're a bunch of cool cats on this podcast. Super cool and just completely keep going off topic. Well, yeah, we're about to get into the worst of the flashbacks here. So yes, um, it's, I'm really not a fan of this whole scene. Although <sighs> I do say, I will say, her mom is very good at blowing smoke rings. And I wonder if they're real or if the team put them in. Mm, also, uh, I don't know who that actress is, but apparently she's somebody who it sounded like was maybe on daytime TV. Yes, that's the, what Mrs. Ron back in the day. Saying. Um, I should have looked that up before we started recording, but yeah. I did not. So Leoven's like, oh, you feel you saw the mandala on the planet and you felt pulled to fly into it, but you're afraid of death. Uh, you're afraid of the unknown and all your like death wishes have just been an act. Um, and then they, they go to this scene of Starbuck going to visit her mom six years ago uh he's like oh you look so much younger and she looks exactly the same just with worse hair yeah yeah that's basically i just went through a memory lane um <laughs> look through photos i was looking for a picture for my friend's birthday and i just ended up on this like little journey through my life which has been wonderful and i look exactly the same as i did when i was 20 mm. so good good i guess almost 32 that is good mm um starbucks seems to be aging similarly mm -hmm. <laughs> because the they filmed these scenes in the same week yep um anyway she's the first officer uh first person to make officer in the family she's like the best natural pilot they've ever seen she graduated 16th in her class and it's not good enough no nope. no uh, her mom's just like really mean for no freaking reason. Uh, Starbuck grabs the letter that she was looking at and finds out that um, she has cancer and mm -hmm. it's metastasized and there's nothing to be done. Uh, so she's just got to like wait for the end basically, which is really sad, but also like she deserves it. Fought a bitch. Mm -hmm. um, and Starbuck tries to comfort her and she just like berates her again. So Starbuck runs out. I don't blame her. And just keeps running. And keeps running. And uh, Leoben's like, oh, she waited. She hoped you would come back. And she died alone. And like, I just don't. Good. Yeah, I yeah. don't care. Uh, but he's like, oh, we're going to give you this second chance to say goodbye. Because I'm a magical Cylon. Mm -hmm. um, it's a magical Cylon godfather. Sure. Mm -hmm. That you fuck. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you fuck your... Nope. Yep. Cool. So she. I was thinking more like the fairy. Yeah, but it was it like too work. many words away from fairy godmother and it just sounded weird. It did. When the fucking came in, yes. It yes. got weird when the fucking came in. As it so often does. Mm-hmm. Um... They took the trouble to make a little fake beer label. There's a Virgon brew that's on the table that I, I enjoyed. I like some of that. I want some Virgon brew. Although apparently uh, I read online that you can see that her mom's smoking Marlboros and they didn't <laughs> do a good, a good job hiding that. Uh, so Starbucks like in the apartment and her mom is dying now in the other room. Um, and her boobs look amazing. This is her when boobs her boobs do will like look great, and she's so is good. Not she's not wearing, wearing a bra. A bra. Mm. Uh, so she goes in, and her mom's got all her like childhood stuff out, and all of her old artwork, and the creepy doll that was in the box mm-hmm. in the Oracle is in that room too. That's crazy. That's uh, creepy. Which is like an interesting detail that no one ever acknowledges. Mm. Um. So I don't know. Was the doll a hallucination or I don't know what's going on? There? No idea. So mystical. So mystical. And a, keeping a creepy doll in a box is terrifying. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Starbucks like, oh, something's going to happen. And I have to do this thing. And I don't know if I'm strong enough. And uh, her mom is comforting for the first time ever, probably because that's not really her because no. she's very dead. She's very dead. Uh, she's like, oh, I know you can do it. You're my daughter. Which apparently is some possible sort of callback to Adama telling Apollo, like, you're my son. Okay. Uh, uh. And now she's watched her mom dead and Leoben's like, oh, look, death is beautiful and you finally faced it and it's fine. And it's weird. Like, he's just, there's, n- she's not dying in this moment to save someone she's just basically killing herself Mm -hmm. so it's really creepy that she's got this guy in her head who's all like yes you can do it don't be afraid Mm. like go kill yourself yeah uh it's really strange that they they build it up to be this like really meaningful like I'm not afraid anymore. But isn't it supposed to be like she's leading, like the mandala means something? Yeah, she's definitely searching. I think it's a search for meaning. But yeah. it's they're, they're, they act as though she's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's different. It's a different scenario than like, oh, I have to sacrifice myself to save everyone. Like no, in this she's moment, just like, she's just going to go die yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. Look. Um, but he does say something about like, oh, the space between life and death, which is what uh, three mm. was after. Yeah. Uh, on her many kill yourself missions. Mm. Um, something. Except she always comes back. Except and we don't yet know if Starbucks does come back. We don't know. And we don't know if she would by what means she would be capable uh, of doing that. I just don't know. Like there's been so many things like I've had all these theories which is like one of them is like maybe her dad was a Cylon. This is what I thought when I first watched mm. it and like her mom was impregnated because they talk about her being like part of the Cylon war and whatever. Mm. And then I, then they talk about her dad being this like artist and musician and what. And I was like, oh, no, she knew her dad. Because like I was kind of like, well, where is her dad? We haven't really heard anything about him. But Ronald D. Moore said that in the Bible, 
of the show, like her dad is there. So that kind of ruined that theory. Right. Um, and then obviously you see her growing up. So one assumes that she's not a Cylon because we're going through the stories of her childhood. But that being said, like, I mean, D, uh, sorry, uh, Boomer thought she had a story too. And she remembered her story about growing up. Yeah, um, and the story that we're seeing is flashbooks that would all be in her head. Yeah, exactly. So. And so maybe that's not even the case. Like, maybe she is a Cylon. Like, she, her mom is dead. That's pretty fracking convenient. Hmm. Is that, like, there's no one in her family to, like, verify her story, basically. Um, so, but then, like... They were trying to impregnate her in the um, earlier episodes. But then that being said, like maybe we didn't know what they were trying to impregnate her with. Like maybe they were actually trying to use like human sperm. You don't like know. So I'm not sure. It did seem like with the podcast and the phone call that Katie Sackhoff was like told that like Starbuck is dying. So that made me like it was before I listened to the podcast. I was like, all this speculation. And then when I listened to that, it sounded very much like she was gone. Yeah. Um, but I've seen her face on pictures in future episodes. But you know how the show loves a flashback. They That's do. Yeah. They do love a flashback. But I did definitely like, because we just got uh, Hulu's taking um, Battlestar Galactica off in like 10 days. And so I just got on oh, the Prime. And so I was looking at the thing to make sure it was there. And I saw her in a later episode. So... I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. They're on my theory. Maybe we'll find out someday. One, like, we're going to go watch the next episode right <laughs> after this. Uh, so Starbuck comes to. She comes out of her flashbacks slash dead mom fantasy um, and kind of thinks about ejecting out of the plane and uh, then does not do that. Nope. And there's one shot where they show... Starbucks plane and Apollo's and the the Raiders there, and it's unclear if Apollo has sees the Raider or mm. not. He says like I have visual, but I think he's talking about Starbuck. Mm. Um, but it looks like the Raiders there, are kind of like behind where Starbuck would be able to see it, which is just interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like, I'm not afraid anymore. Let me go. Um, and it seems like it's very peaceful for her. This. And not everybody else. Like, Adama just is, like, going... Like, everyone's just the way they're looking at him when he's, like, just, like, you know, have you got a visual? Is she there? And everyone's sort of looking at him, like, dude, she gone. And then, like, Apollo's line, which is just, like, her ship's in pieces, no shoot. Like, he can't bring himself to say it, but, like, that's what he's saying. Yeah, because Adama's trying to send in search and rescue. Yeah. Um, It's so hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get this amazing scene where Dama <laughs> fucking ruins expensive rental equipment. Uh, so yeah, the, the it's beautiful the scene. Gor- it's it really isn't like thank goodness all the film was working properly because yep. that was a one take moment. Yes, um, and I think he's got this beautiful ship that he's been working on and puts the little statue that Starbuck gave him on the bow and uh then just like is super in the moment and destroys the ship um which was on rental and very because it's like worth hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) and it's an antique and thankfully it was insured but apparently everyone on set was like "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) and tom is just just like in the moment just assumed that it was something they like built for the show or Mm -hmm. something that 
would not be rented and yeah. worth hundreds of thousands of dollars because it does seem like a wild choice yeah to have as a movie prop yeah um, but i, I do prop. i think that's um that's hilarious but it like, also right. it is really interesting that like basically the last line in the last scene is her ship's in pieces and then adama mm. makes his ship be in pieces yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i just thought that was great yeah um, i mean when, what when he was telling the story choice as an actor. i don't think that he was thinking about it i think that he was like in the moment yeah but like it's, you as an actor you have to have some awareness of what's <laughs> going on like you can't be doing a fight scene and be like oops i was in the moment and you killed someone like you have to still know what you're supposed to be doing and know what your lines are and know what the blocking is yeah. and all of this mess and like well, that's what happens I when you give the actors I don't think there's a lot of actors who could have gotten away with that that's the way true. that EJO did EJO yeah um I feel like this is what happens when you let your actors run amok as mm, Ronald D. Moore does they yes. just don't know their place and they break ships <laughs> Uh, I think it's a really fantastic story. But, I think that's great. Um, but yeah, he they did talk about how the cast and the crew were really upset when they got the script and the they recorded this long enough after the episode aired to know that the fans online were very upset and Edward James almost is quoted as saying the show will never be the same again. So there's all that. It feels like she's really dead. Uh, all Why they gave her? us is Mrs. Ron said, like, stick with us and have faith, I guess, in terms of like just the storytelling that they're going for. Um, I mean, like, I can deal with it. I like Joss Whedon's work. Mm-hmm. I can deal with this. But Starbuck, really? There are, I for me, I feel like some interesting Buffy parallels in this episode uh, in terms of the ending of season five where for a long time it's been like you have a destiny and like death is your gift and finally it all comes together uh yeah i mean and these are two different worlds like with very different rules Mm. um so i'm not saying like look to buffy for what's gonna happen next because she doesn't have a witchy friend to resurrect her um but there there was just something interesting about that like it's your destiny is to die (laughs) Death is your gift. Yes. Um, um, and on that, let's do our counts and get the frack out of here. So Lisa can watch the next episode That's finally. That's exactly true. Because <laughs> we took time off, so it's been so long. So long. And I actually waited a week to watch this because I did not want to wait two weeks no, to report. Smart. Yes. So. Uh, so singular Cylon Athena in this episode. No six, which is, I mean, not there was a upsetting. place for her here. There's also no Baltar in this episode. That's but also like, upsetting. Yeah, disappointing. Um, we've got two fracks from Sam and our girl's not going down without a fight. Eight fracks from Starbucks. Amazing. Bringing us to a total of ten. Can you imagine how different that whole journey would have been if six was her guide? Well, that would have been... Yeah, you think about the painting. Painty six sex. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would be nice. That would have been good. I uh, so I, I may or may not in the next week uh, pen some feelings about the gayness of Starbucks for the internet to read. That would be uh, lovely. Please do that. I have thoughts that I need to express now that I've been spending so much time with this show. Yes, it's yes. great. I love that. I was telling Kaylee earlier about a podcast I've been listening to 
um, called, I don't even know what it's called, something to do with fan fiction. And it's this um, woman reading, oh, it's my first fan fiction. And it's kind of like my dad wrote a porno. So good. But like, it's her reading her fan fiction that she wrote about this band when she was 12, which like anybody who wrote, like we were all angsty teenagers once and it's very dramatic. Like I could, I, I like looking at it and I can totally see myself writing something like that <laughs> as I was 12 years old. So I've been enjoying that. Nice. Um, if you want to, I don't know, relive your youth somehow. Um, cool. Cool. Do that. Uh, I hope everyone who is watching along with us is surviving this difficult time. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't already, we posted a very strange but delightful blooper reel from season three. That's up on Twitter. So if you need to pick me up, I recommend it. Yes. It's very funny. It is. And very strange. With super weird editing choices and like a, a surprising amount of George Bush. Yes, it's a lot of like it's a lot of <laughs> George Bush. It was really strange. I was like, but obviously there are really good reel. behind the scenes and little bloopers and yes. stuff. Um, and you can interact with us on Twitter. Tell us your thoughts. Send us audio clips. I love audio clips. Yeah, we've had such a good time uh, in the past couple episodes. Yeah, thank you from so fans, much to so. Doctor Fox, uh, aka Kara Fox, for their clip. Um, they did not introduce themselves, but we did not get the clip until after the show <laughs> we had recorded. So it's just kind of there without context. I mean, a medical professional Australian perspective kind of. That's that's context. Yeah, it's context enough. But thank you so much for that. Um, and please do that. And um, yeah, you yeah. can rate and re- Oh, I wanted to read our iTunes review. Ooh. Um, so I don't have, uh, neither of us have the iTunes podcasting app. Well, I, I have it. It's just oh. not my favorite. Oh, I don't have it on my phone. But the reviews only show up on iTunes, I think, anyway. Like, the iTunes proper, not the podcast app. Oh, really? Yeah. That's um, why every podcast you listen to says, rate and review us on iTunes, ah, where no one actually listens to podcasts. I see. So, I we actually have... So, we have a really lovely one from one of our fans, which is great. Um, and then, and oh, also I should say on that blooper reel, it's just Edward James almost farting all the time. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. Oh, yes. Okay. So shout out to this. I'm sure this is a man. Actually, I'm like 99.9% sure this is a man. Um, if only these people could stick to the topic. If you like to hear two people constantly giggle and veer off topic, then this is the podcast for you. Which I guess you do if you're still listening. Yeah, well, I really like those kind of podcasts as well. And I would probably say that 90% of the podcasts about television are exactly the same format. So I hope you find what you're looking for, my guy. Yeah. Um, thanks a lot for your review. That was and, great. And uh, here's some more giggles and tangents in the future. Yeah, I love that. Okay, goodbye. Hee <laughs>